Behind the cherub cheeks, bouncing blonde curls, and innocent face of one of the most famous movie stars of the early 1900s, lies the dark truth of manipulation, exploitation, and a childhood stolen away. Our little girl. <laughs> What is up, Iwu crew? Now remembered as the beloved old-timey child actress, Shirley Temple is a symbol of angelic childhood innocence. But the bright and charming tales she portrayed on screen are far from the real truth of her life. Today we are diving behind the red curtain to uncover the horror and dark reality of the life of Shirley Temple. Let's get into it. Shirley Temple was born in 1928 in Santa Monica, California, to a father who was a banker and a mother who stayed at home to take care of the three children. Temple was born into the difficult years of the Great Depression, and her family barely avoided poverty. Almost as soon as she was born, and certainly as soon as she could walk, the Temple family put all of their hope into their youngest daughter. Though only a toddler, they believed she had immense talent, and so, despite the vast and indiscriminate suffering during the Depression, they used what little extra money they had to enroll her in dance classes. Her mother had wanted to be a dancer herself, and when her own attempts came to nothing, she forced her two-year-old daughter onto the stage. Temple soon landed a contract with educational pictures rocketing her into fame, and with it came fortune. Temple's father became her talent agent and financial advisor and successfully guided her through the ruin of the 1930s. As everyone around them lost most of their money and plummeted into destitution, the Temples became rich. Despite her later reputation as America's sweetheart, Shirley Temple's earlier roles on the movie screen were often wildly inappropriate and cringeworthy. Desperate to have their daughter make it big, her parents allowed her to play any role she was given, no matter how the scripts may have exploited their young daughter. Her first speaking role came at age three, in a film called War Babies. The film's premise involved an entire cast made up of children playing the roles of adult soldiers except for Temple, who was cast as an exotic dancer, though she was just a toddler. In this film, Temple receives her very first kiss, and as creepy as that may sound to us, her father had approved the script. Following this movie, her castings continued to place her in roles more appropriately suited for adults, as it was a popular theme at this time in history to have very young children make a series of spoofs based on popular films. As entertaining as these films may have been for the audience at the time, they often placed children in uncomfortable situations far beyond their years. One of the spoof films was called Baby Burlesques, where many of the children were featured half-dressed, and Temple herself wore a large mock diaper held up with only a safety pin. Shockingly, her role in the film was as a character named Charmaine, who was a sex worker. 
temple would deliver lines such as, I'm expensive, before proceeding to exchange kisses for lollipops. The suggestive roles Temple played on screen ended up resulting in one of her films being banned in Denmark, Italy, and Switzerland for unspecified corruption. In Curly Top, Temple played Cupid and was shown completely naked except for gold paint, which some countries believed was a bad example for the children viewing the movie, resulting in its banning. Her parents, though, had no objections to any of these movie characters. And in fact, in an attempt to make her more marketable for these cute roles in Hollywood, her mother would frequently lie about her daughter's age. It is not only Temple's life on screen that was tumultuous and dark, but behind the camera as well. Though the themes of her movies were exploitative and often creepy, the real-life treatment of Temple and the other child actors on set was possibly even worse. During the filming of Baby Burlesques, Temple underwent surgery on her eardrum to lance it, and rather than being given a break to heal, she was forced to work the next day. On the same set, she was also forced to dance on a foot that she had badly injured. As they were very young children, the two dozen kids on the set of the spoof movies often misbehaved, but rather than being understanding of their age, the directors would punish them. The first round of punishment would be to force the young children to stand in a cold puddle until they calmed down, or literally cooled down. If this didn't work, they would be placed in the second punishment, which was a black punishment box brought on the sets. The box was a windowless sound booth containing a block of ice where the children would have to sit. Temple herself spent frequent time in the punishment box. A few of these times even resulted in ear infections. The horrible treatment on set did not end there. When she was cast in the film Little Miss Marker, Temple was required to cry on cue, and in order to ensure that they got the shot, the director terrified Temple into crying when he lied to her by saying that her mother had been, quote, kidnapped by an ugly man, all green with blood-red eyes. Even though her career had a rocky start, in 1934 Temple's fame really took off when she starred in the film Bright Eyes. Temple quickly became one of the biggest stars in America. According to the New York Times, she was photographed more often than the then-President Franklin D. Roosevelt and was the most popular movie star from 1935 to 1939. But all this fame only welcomed more darkness into her life. After her film Captain January came out in 1936, the then eight-year-old girl's performance was described by the British writer Graham Greene as her neat and well-developed rump twisted in the tap dance. The lecherous writer once described her in the movie Wee Willie Winkie as wearing short kilts, she is a complete totsy. Watch the way she measures a man with agile studio eyes with dimpled depravity. Though Temple frequently acted as characters far advanced beyond her age, there was no excuse for Green's statement of, quote, her admirers, middle-aged men and clergymen, 
respond to her dubious coquetry, to the sight of her well-shaped and desirable little body, packed with enormous vitality, only because the safety curtain of story and dialogue drops between their intelligence and their desire. Green also frequently insulted Temple, calling her a 50-year-old dwarf. Temple eventually sued Green for libel or the publishing of a false and damaging statement, and won. This win didn't stop Green from continuing to refer to Temple as that little Though she was incredibly popular, in 1940, 20th Century Fox released Temple from her contract with them after a few of her movies were unenthusiastically received. At only 12, Temple had to negotiate a contract with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Though this may sound like an upturn in her career, MGM had already cemented a reputation of exploitation from exhausting their child actors as they attempted to make as many movies as possible while they were still young. Disturbingly, the almost impossible work schedule was the least of 12-year-old Temple's worries, as a studio producer named Arthur Freed had immediately set his unseemly attention on her. As the two had a private meeting without her parents present to discuss her transferring her contract to MGM, Freed undid his trousers in front of her and exposed himself. He reportedly told her, I have something made just for you. Incredibly uncomfortable and violated by Freed's advances, young Temple nervously giggled until he grew upset and demanded that she leave his office. Though the man was clearly a predator, there was little recourse for Temple, and Freed went on to have a successful career. Temple only spoke of the incident almost 50 years later in her autobiography. Sadly, Temple's nightmares at the hands of the men in powerful positions had only just begun. Even though still a young teenager, she had to fight off frequent advances from predators behind the scenes of movie sets. One Hollywood producer, who Temple names only as The Wizard, actually threatened her when she fended off his interest. He told Temple, Look, I'm going to be a big executive. We're going to have to get along. What I had in mind was just a workplace formality. Though Temple appears to have escaped his advances, the threat was clear. As a man in power, he could make or break her career if she didn't do exactly what he wanted. Temple was also soon warned by the artistic director, Anita Colby, to be wary of the producer, David O. Selznick, and to be careful if she ever came across him when he was only wearing his stockings rather than shoes in his office. Unfortunately for Temple, at 17, she found herself in exactly that situation. During a meeting, she had looked down and saw that Selznick was only wearing his stockings, just as he reached out and grabbed her hand. Temple described the incident, saying, Pulling free, I turned for the door, but even more quickly he reached back over the edge of his desk and flicked a switch I had learned from Colby was a remote door-locking device. I was trapped. Like the cartoon of Wolf and Piglet, once again we circled in reverse directions around his furniture. Blessed with the agility of a young dancer and confronted by an amorous but overweight producer, I had little difficulty avoiding passionate clumsiness. 
The consistent attacks on Temple were not always avoided. She was groped by George Jessel, an actor often remembered as a multi-talented comedian and beloved by his fans until a recent re-evaluation of his career, as he had occasionally performed in blackface. Jessel had lured Temple to him by claiming the need to review a role of hers in one of his films. While speaking to her, Jessel put an arm around Temple and pulled her against him while undoing his pants. As he held a struggling Temple, he groped under her shirt. Temple fought him off, and later, when recalling the attack, she said that she thrust her right knee upward into his groin. Pain, disgust, and hate flickered across his face, but she felt no mercy. To Temple, more and more the adult movie business seemed populated with a bunch of copulating tomcats. Not all of the attacks on Temple were from older men. In fact, it was a woman who actually attempted to assassinate her. During a 1939 live radio performance as Temple sang Silent Night, a woman barged into the studio and attempted to assassinate her. The woman was mentally ill and believed that her deceased daughter's soul had been stolen by Temple. The woman thought that by killing Temple, she would save her daughter's soul. Luckily, she was stopped by Temple's bodyguards and disarmed before she was able to shoot the then 11-year-old Temple. As strange as that belief was, other, even stranger rumors swirled around Temple as she grew up in the scrutiny of limelight. A very prevalent rumor, one that a surprising amount of people actually believed, was that the cherub-cheeked Shirley Temple was actually not a young girl at all, but an adult dwarf in the disguise of a child. Temple was seen as short and rather stocky, which many people believed didn't particularly look like she had the body of a child. In fact, most of Europe believed she was a 30-year-old pretending to be a kid. The rumor grew to include the belief that she actually had a secret 10-year-old daughter. As her fame grew, the rumor of her being an adult dwarf became so ingrained that the Vatican actually sent an investigator to examine Temple. Father Silvio Masanti finally ended the rumor when he concluded his investigation to say that she was, in fact, a child. For those who believed that Temple was actually an adult, they cited their proof in the fact that she didn't seem to ever lose her baby teeth, as she appeared in frequent films all through her childhood with a full set of teeth. Another version of this thought included that she must have shaved down her adult teeth in order to appear smaller and more childlike. The rumors became so prevalent that Temple herself actually had to address her teeth, saying that she did lose her baby teeth throughout filming movies, but was forced to wear dental caps to cover the gaps the directors thought would look unseemly on screen. Along this same train of thought, some people actually believed that her famous blonde curls were fake and that she wore wigs. As a child, Temple used to have to fend off fans who would reach out and grab her by the hair and painfully yank in order to see if her curls were a wig. Temple never wore wigs, and so these fans were rudely tugging on her own real hair. In later years, 
Temple said that she wished she could have worn wigs, as the nightly process to achieve her curly hair was grueling, including rinsing with vinegar that she complained burned her eyes. At only 17, in 1945, Temple was married to a man seven years older than her, one she had met when she was only 15. John Agar was an Army Air Corps sergeant turned actor who had swept the sweetheart of Hollywood off her feet, despite having only starred in a few low-budget horror-themed films. Sadly, it appeared that the dark characters he played on screen were a very little stretch for his personality offset. Almost as soon as Temple and Agar said their vows of marriage, their relationship soured. As well as physically and emotionally abusing his young wife, Agar also regularly cheated on her. He was also frequently arrested for driving drunk. Even with their tumultuous relationship, the pair had a daughter in 1948, Linda Susan. Still, after five years of mistreatment, Temple finally sued Agar for a divorce on the basis of mental cruelty, during which he slandered her name. Agar blamed her for his drinking and the failings of their marriage, and even years later, he went so far as to try to disrupt Temple's chance at a diplomatic posting by telling the FBI that she was emotionally unstable during a check into her background. Later the same month that her divorce was finalized in December 1950, Temple ended up retiring from acting at the ripe old age of only 22. She was also now a single mother, but less than 60 days after the divorce was completed, Temple was once again engaged, to the shock of many. Her new husband seemed unconcerned with Temple's fame and status, saying that he had never seen a Shirley Temple film, and indeed, it does seem that their love story was genuine because they remained together for almost 55 years until his very last days. But although she may have found her perfect match, Temple's career wasn't flourishing. Sadly, though she had been an acclaimed child actor, few mourned the loss of her career in Hollywood. Though she had appeared in 40 movies as her golden blonde curls turned brown when she turned 17, Temple lost her appeal in films. She was soon called an unremarkable teenager. Around the time of her marriage, Temple was cast in fewer and fewer films. She had actually started to wane from acting when she was only 12, as she was aging out of her cutesy roles, and so her retirement appeared almost unnoticed. Despite the scandals and assaults that she had survived, Temple should have amassed a very large fortune by the time she retired. During her years of high fame, she was making $1,000 a week, while her mother was paid $250 to style Temple's curls. The family also received $15,000 each time Temple completed a film. This price was later raised to $35,000 when her stardom helped to save 20th Century Fox from bankruptcy. For the Depression era, the Temples were incredibly wealthy, all from their daughter's talent. However, like many things in Temple's life, all was not as it seemed. 
Despite having earned her family incredible amounts of money, the starlet was only given $13 every month to spend on herself. Even with no access to money growing up, at her retirement, Temple should have had a very comfortable $3.2 million to live off of. Yet when Temple checked her accounts, there was only $44,000 of her fortune left. Her father had squandered his daughter's hard-earned money. Most shockingly, much of the money she had made had actually been court-ordered to be placed in a trust for her when she was an adult, and her father had illegally refused to do so in order to spend it himself. It isn't entirely clear where the millions were spent beyond bigger houses and housekeepers, but it was clear that it was all gone by the time Temple was old enough to handle her own accounts. Even with her father dwindling her fortune to nothing, Temple later forgave him, saying that she felt neither disappointed in him nor angry. Later, Temple wrote her autobiography, titled Child Star, where she casts a look back at her beginnings in show business, and especially the series of movie spoofs. She says that they were a cynical exploitation of our childish innocence that occasionally were racist or sexist. Reflecting on her time spent in the punishment box on set as a toddler, Temple claims that the events never left any damage on her psyche. In her book, Temple says she's managed to survive the traumatic events of her short-lived but wildly famous career completely unscathed. Once the most famous child in Hollywood, Shirley Temple retired into near obscurity. Her name is now often remembered as a non-alcoholic drink, one that the actress herself did not enjoy. In fact, Temple sued a soft drink company that tried to bottle the drink mix and sell it. She won the suit, but despite her efforts, most restaurants today still have Shirley Temples on the menu. It is reported that during Temple's time as a diplomatic personnel, foreign officials would attempt to make a kind gesture by offering her a Shirley Temple beverage. And although Temple was less than enthused by these gifts, she did her job with grace and charm, accepting the drinks with a smile and pretending she liked them. Temple spent much of the rest of her life practically out of the public eye. Besides returning to the screen for a TV show and an unsuccessful attempt at a Congress seat, finally out of the horrors of show business, Temple no longer used her famous name, but instead went by Mrs. Black, the name of her longtime second husband. You can call me Miss Temple, Mrs. Black, Shirley, but I think Mrs. Black is the most appropriate, and if that's not good, call me Shirley. After surviving so much at a young age, no one can blame Temple for eventually seeking to create a life far from the dark grasp of Hollywood. <laughs>